Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Before we get started, what's up, Paris? What's up, Carlos? Before we get started, I want to remind everyone to go check out Rancho Bravo Tacos. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I love their tacos. I love their burritos. They have uh, a location in Wallingford and in uh, Capitol Hill. They have a drive-thru, mm -hmm. the only drive-thru on Capitol Hill. So go and check them out. And then, since my boy Paris Johnson is here, mm -hmm. Soulmates, tell people what uh, Soulmates is. Soulmates is a resale store, which basically thrives in the secondary market. So uh, just like the housing market or anything, um, when something's in high demand, but the supply might be low, the value goes up. And so we have items like sneakers and um, art, cause figures, different things like that, um, that will go up in value that might have came out and are hard to get, but you would come to a store like mine to pay a, you know, a premium fee to have something that you missed out on or something that you really want. So if someone wants, uh, and mostly sneakers, yeah, so we're yeah, talking about Jordans and yes, yes, Jordans, Yeezys, you know, off white, um, you know, clothes, bathing ape, merch, different things like that. So check out the website sms two o six dot shop, and follow them on Instagram soulmates two o six on TikTok and Facebook, um, and then sign up for the text messaging and email list because very very frequently we send out. Free shipping codes, 10% off codes, 20% um, codes off of you stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and then just uh, be up to date with what with what the shop is doing. What's the address? 1422 Harvard Ave, Seattle, Washington, 98122. So definitely check them out. I talk about my sneakers all the time. Yep. And I tell people to go to Soulmates. <clears throat> so Paris, it's 2023. Mm -hmm. It's another year. I've already had three shows, and each one, I've said it's 2023. Another time to disappoint oneself and not accomplishing what they set out to accomplish at the beginning. <laughs> another time, <laughs> I am setting myself up for failure. Another time to disappoint. Do you ever write down stuff that you want to accomplish in a year? Um. Yes, we. Um, my wife and I like to write down. Um, our goals. We we don't mm. always put time frames on them, but sometimes we do. Some of them have like, you know, imminent time frames. Yes. And uh, how, <laughs> and how often do these get completed? Yeah, that's that's a good question. <laughs> it depends on what we're talking about. So, a lot of stuff uh, that we desire or that we want are more tangible things that we want to achieve, like buying a home. Buying home was very important for us, and we actually have it. But then there's things that might be non-tangible, like um, something that might be more so self-evaluating or something that you right. want to achieve. Right? Got it. And that might not come to pass. <laughs> well, for 2023, I wrote down that I want to drink less. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start it off by um, getting some ice. And then I'm uh, drinking, I've been drinking this delicious white whiskey. Okay. This white whiskey from Adrift. Mm -hmm. They're a distillery in, um, well, their tasting room is in Ocean Shores. Oh, nice. That's pretty and local, Pacific Northwest. it's really, I'm not no, really, really a whiskey guy. 
Mm-hmm. But this, but it's white. It's white. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. You're actually, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Other than color, I don't know what. What? Uh, let's see. Da 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 da. This is basic average key. Da da. Uses. Typically, for me, back when I did used to drink, um, clear was always more friendly. Um, typically, except well, when it gets to like, thing? except when it gets to like tequila. I think like a dark tequila or a light tequila might be a little bit more different than having. Um, a vodka compared to a Hennessy. Oh, I have some Hennessy. Hmm? There's some up there. I'm not gonna ask you if you want to drink. Nope, but we could share. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a, a pusher of booze unless the person already drinks. Yes, yes. yes then, sure. then it's the case. Then they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I need to learn to do is sip. And I was telling Lori this the other day. That's my problem. Yeah. That when I drink, I don't know how to sip. Right. And when I'm drinking something like this, right. I'm an ice chewer. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that when I'm drinking something like this, I want to chew, chew on ice. some ice. And in the process, you're gonna get a bunch of So, so <laughs> I told Lori, I told Lori, I'm like a big old whale coming up on some krill. Right. And it just opens its mouth, lets all this water in, and then right. maybe some krill will be in there. Right. But he get, but a whole bunch of water goes in. Right. So right. that's that's me and she left. That's the liquor and in the ice process for you. Definitely yeah. gonna get a lot of liquor, maybe <clears throat> some ice. <laughs> yeah. So that's my problem. Um so for the shop, you recently went to Japan. Yes, I did. Tell me about that. Yeah, so this was my second time going to Japan. I went in twenty sixteen. Um, so I kind of knew what to expect, you know, being being in the being in the Tokyo area um, before um, going out there was pretty cool. Um, so I figured, hey, you know, just coming up on holiday season, um, and a lot of people are going to be want, you know, going to want to buy, and that's a time for the year because typically for business, um, the second and no, the third and fourth quarter. It was just like a, a downward decline mm-hmm. for for you know people spending money for, yeah. for this recession and everything that we're right. in. But the holiday season was kind of was going to kind of make up for for some of the decline. Right, you know people were going to be looking to spend money, and so I was like, hey, I need something. Um, you know, besides sneakers, I need something else. I need some apparel. And in my personal opinion, I like Bathing Ape better than Supreme. And I've been saying this for you know ten years. You know, and people have always been on this hype wave, like, no, no, Supreme's better. I'm like, no, Bape is more of a long-lasting longevity brand. Um, they're like, no, Bape fell off. And I'm like, hey, listen, it might have fell off here in the United States or in this area, but Japan is stilly, still a highly coveted brand and material. And I think that um, that's going to do better than a Supreme will or, mm. or any of these other brands. Why do you think Supreme fell off? Well, because it was really just based on uh, supply and demand, right? And so when it comes down to a, uh, a bottom line, you're, you're looking to sell your company, and they want profit margin. And so when they did the deal with uh, Supreme, um, that was a close and a merger of the two companies. So um, they own Supreme, and then they sold 50% of it, right? And who is this? Who bought them? Um, what is the name of that company? The Carlisle Group or something like that? So mm. something, something, something like that. Okay. I can't remember the name exactly. But I think it was that group. So they own El, uh, Louis Vuitton. They owned a, a couple different brands. And so he acquired in 2018, I think it was, he acquired uh, 50% of Supreme. And so when Supreme 
and Louis Vuitton did that collaboration. That was the finalize of the deal. Oh, I right? see. And so it's literally living in that realm of buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell. Mm. So there was a wave. There was an influx of, of younger generation, the younger people that were coming. Because Supreme was a skateboard brand. Yeah. And so most of the people that were really on Supreme were kind of like that older crowd, uh, the 18 to 35 back when we were younger, like in the 90s and the 2000s, right? Mm. And then you get into the later 2000s and 2020, like 2015 to 2020 is when these 13-year-olds and these 15-year-olds just kind of took over and it just had an influx of, of buy and sell. Right. But a lot of the people that were buying, a lot of these kids were buying anything with Supreme on it, not knowing that what really sells is the box logos. What really right. sells is the SB collaboration. What really sells is certain brands um, that they the, merge with and do collaborations with. Not the Ziploc bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not just the regular old Obama face pants <laughs> that they printed on and put Supreme on it. And so it was a big... Um, it was a good business move for, for them because, uh, you know, by the time the population gets anything, it's too late, you mm -hmm. know, it's, and it's on a downward decline. So come around 2020, 2021, 2022, it's like the bubble has, has bursted yeah. because all these people have spent all this money on Supreme and it's not really moving. It's, it's really only moving. box logos. And then you went from an exclusive amount of product to somebody who bought this company for five hundred million dollars, right. and he wants his five hundred million dollars back, back, and he's going to well, he wants more than that. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> and interest. He wanted twenty percent, and yeah. so Supreme didn't necessarily just sell their company; they kind of leased it, right? And so to get like the maximum value, they originally sold half of their company, and then they um, put in the contract where after they made that person a certain amount of money, they had the right to buy it back. But then mm. instead of them purchasing it back themselves, then they would go lease it to somebody else with that same type of contract for a bigger figure. Mm. Right. And they rolled, they rolled the elevator all the way up until recently it sold to the same people that own, what is that? Like the Northwest or the North face, I think Timberland and something else. Oh. Right? So the, Okay. So, and so he bought it, <clears throat> I think for, was it a billion, if I'm not mistaken? I don't know. Yeah, it was like a billion or two, something, whatever it was. And so they end up selling the company um, to him mm. and getting their max value, right? And so at that time, he just, you know, it now is widely available. Box logos used to come out and instantly sell for for a thousand dollars. Now right. they're they're coming out for what 150 bucks and they're selling for 200. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because you know he, he wants his money. Get your money. It's like. Disney buying Star Wars. Oh, yeah. 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 Where they bought Star Wars, and of course, they're going to want to, you know, cash in on it. Mm -hmm. So now you have all of this Star Wars product, mm -hmm. but the core fan mm -hmm. doesn't it's like any of it. It's, yeah. it's all it's, whack. It's, it's, it's disappointed because it's, you guys are in it for the dollar. You guys aren't in, there <clears> in it to tell a story. No. You aren't in it for, for any of those other reasons. And what's crazy is the 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 value that people put on something right can make something more desirable or less desirable than the actually price tag that that it originally sold for yeah. so if you take like a box logo that had a specific color and a specific stitching right and it came out and it sold for 158 dollars and it goes all the way up to a thousand dollars that's now highly highly valued and then you have something like louis vuitton where Everything sells for a thousand dollars or more. All the purses, right? And then eventually, 
you know what I'm saying, on the secondary market, they're going for $500. They're going for $700. They, yeah. They're going down in value. It goes down. You know what I'm saying? So knowing that, hey, I want to connect with my people that are buying this and really, really tell that story. To have an emotional connection with the person that's buying it yeah. is more valuable than the price tag. I was having a conversation while we were in Mexico. I was having a conversation with our friends, and this particular husband and wife, they're old, they're a little bit older. They're mm -hmm. in their early 70s. Mm -hmm. And but the the lady's very formal. Mm -hmm. Like she likes good stuff. Right. She likes she 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 has very expensive tastes. Mm -hmm. And um I was talking about sneakers and how I work with and, and I work with you at the shop. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, why would someone pay that much for sneakers? Mm -hmm. But then in her own head she caught she caught herself and she goes, well I do I do spend five hundred dollars on some shoes and I don't know what brands. Right. I don't know what brand she said. And then I said, You're all right. I said someone will pay five hundred bucks. But the problem is is that if you want to sell your shoes, mm -hmm. you're not gonna get five hundred dollars back. Right, right. I said right, right. I said the strange thing, and to them it's strange, the mm -hmm. strange thing is that my sneakers, I can buy them and for the most part, if I select wisely, I'll be able to at least recoup what yeah. I paid for them. Or if lightning strikes, you can actually make some money. Right. And then she's like, I just don't understand. Right. right. But it was just, I mean, you said this so many times yeah. that it's just what people value. Exactly. <clears throat> it really comes down to value because, yeah. um, you know, typically we get and, and I think I think God, my mom was uh, more understanding um, when it came to this, because um, I desired, you know, the Jordans, I desired certain things. I didn't want to go to school because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the shoes or I didn't yeah. have this or I didn't have that. And my mom couldn't afford it. So she was like, hey, you get good grades. You could go get a job. You could go How do old this. are you? I'm 39. I was born in 1983. 1980. So, so you so you were 13 when Jordan won his first championship. Were you a basketball fan? No. No, no, I wasn't even a basketball fan. I was a Michael Jordan fan. So it's like it's like he was he, he flew in the air. He <laughs> he he paused time. It's like I wasn't a pop fan. I loved Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Or Michael Jackson. I wasn't a tennis fan. I loved Serena Williams. I wasn't a golf fan. I loved Tiger Woods. Yeah. And so my connection was to the people. Like I've never been for like I'm not a Seahawks like Seahawks fan. Like I'm not a core Seahawks fan. Yeah. I'm for the people that play for the Seahawks. You know what I'm saying? But you see, but then how? But then how do you? But see that this is that is why I don't follow college sports mm -hmm. because all of the players change mm -hmm. every year. They yeah, go yeah. from one school to another, yeah. and and there's so many conferences and there's so many schools, mm -hmm. and it's just too much. Right. I don't want to keep track of all of that. Right. But the. It, because of that, you sort of have to then build an alliance with a team. Right. That's why they're, you know, you know, if you go to the school, like you're you a, um, a UNC fan or mm -hmm. a Duke mm -hmm. fan or mm -hmm. Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So then it doesn't really matter who is playing. You just right, know right, you're right. going to cheer for them. Right, right, it's right. a it's it's limiting, though, when you just follow a person because it all has to come to an end. Yeah. I mean, this is true. Like, how do you this, this is true. But I had the same thing for basketball where at the beginning I was a Bulls slash Jordan fan, mm -hmm. and then Jordan quit, 
and then I stopped watching basketball for a and while. That, and that was that was like worldwide. Yeah. He left in 1998. Sports was not the NBA was not as popular until 2008 where Kobe Bryant and the Lakers played the Celtics. Right. They didn't reach the numbers that Jordan had been that lived in. Yeah. Till 10 years later. Right. So so then so then I just stopped paying attention to basketball entirely. Yeah. And then <laughs> and this is going to sound a little funny, but then when Kobe got in trouble mm. for that chick in Colorado, <laughs> yes, I was started seeing it on the news, mm. and then I started paying attention to Kobe, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, man, this dude is good. Mm, so really I became a Kobe fan. Ben, right. <laughs> Ironically, I mean, I did this weirdly enough, I became a Kobe fan because. Right. Because of the notoriety <laughs> right, right. that he got from this. For the negative and publicity. Like, it kind of goes, it, it, but this has always been my personality. It's like yeah. I can separate the person from what it is that, yeah. from yeah, what yeah, they're for doing. Sure, for, sure, for sure. Like you. Uh, but you're in that, you're in that profession. You know, you're, you're in the profession of seeing people as people and then seeing them as a brand. Like you're a photographer, you've been in a boxing, you've been in a managing, you've been and so you have a personal relationship with this individual and you get to see their flaws and then you get to see the business side of things. Yeah. So you could distinguish the difference. The problem is when we don't realize that this person is a human being and they Wrong make decisions up. where we whether we agree with it or not. Yeah. And now we want to then punish this person for the decisions that we don't agree with as yeah. a human being and then take that into our emotion of the sport. So the reason why. I am for more of the player um, is because, for instance, somebody like um, LeBron James, somebody like LeBron James could, which I don't necessarily agree with, but he can take his talents to South Beach, right, because he wants to go somewhere else. He wants to join the bandwagon. He wants to do whatever he wants. Okay, say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, when he's no longer productive as an athlete, then that brand that um, that team, that organization could move on from him and get somebody else, and the fans are going to be loyal to that organization. Now, right. no, I do not agree with what he did. Like, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant aren't going and teaming up with people to beat people that they couldn't beat. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not debating that at all. All I'm saying is it's okay when they do it, but it's a problem when I do it. <laughs> that's, that, that's my whole point. It's cool when they do it, but it's a problem when I do it. it like, the or organization could throw athletes all away all the time whenever they're done with 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 uh the way that they're producing as an athlete right you know but the moment that an athlete does it the moment that an athlete doesn't want to be what you project them to be then you're done with them you know what i'm saying and that's not a problem we'll accept that we'll accept that as as a core fan base of the seattle seahawks you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. I don't think those two those two things are the same thing, though. I don't think, I don't think. But it's or, business. I don't. No, you're right. But you people judge a business different than they judge a player. So one of the main criticisms with LeBron is mm -hmm. that, well, in this Michael LeBron debate, mm -hmm. is that Jordan made himself better, but then made his teammates better. So, yeah, they did bring in new people. But other than Pippen, the Bulls didn't really have yeah, – yeah. they never had a good center, for example. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. rickety old Bill Cartwright mm -hmm. and then uh, and then Luke Coop Longley coach, at the end and, uh, coach, and uh, Wellington. Yeah, yeah. 
and they they just had good supporting players mm-hmm. but jordan was such a strong dominating personality influence mm-hmm. for the team that he said i mean in the video in the interviews he said if you are not going to put in the same amount of effort that I am. I just don't want. I don't want you. Right, right. And then so and, he had these. Yeah. He had these things. So he could bring that out of people. Right. And LeBron just took the easy road and said, "You know what? I'm going to go to a new team." And mm-hmm. then part of the condition of me going to this new team is that then they hire, then they sign, you know, two or three exceptional players and mm-hmm. then we're going to have this little mini dream team mm-hmm. and it's like eh. but I'm here, now here's the thing i'm not debating his general manager status like trash he wants to be the general manager and and he wants to be the player yeah. he wants to be the dictator he wants to be the best person on the court he wants all eyes on me he's totally different than michael jordan not debating that at, yeah. at all i'm saying that organizations always make a decision on what's best for them well right when it Why comes to they? an athlete but if an athlete makes a better dis- what's a best decision for him okay let's not use lebron let's use somebody else who can we use that made a decision that was best for them to go somewhere else or to retire you know what i'm saying but that happens yeah that happens all the time though yes but <clears throat> that, how is that player treated by the fan base that agrees with the well, it the depends. team most so of the time, it's it, not good for it them. It depends because it depends on how they produce. It depends on how they produce at that other team. I mean, Russell Wilson is a great example for this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where, where I mean, we've had plenty of debates about this, mm-hmm. but he and I don't. I'm not a football analytic guy. I don't really know the game of football very, very well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was. Sometimes when they do flags and they're like, oh, he's in the neutral zone. I was like, what the heck is the neutral zone? Right, right, right. And then I have to go to Wikipedia and it's like, what is Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. Or like these plays where the quarterback has to, he he can't, he has has to to throw the ball. Out, but within a certain range of another player. You can't just throw it and nobody be there. There's just so many rules. It's like, I don't understand any of them. But my buddy who does, like he plays fantasy and he's super knowledgeable. Um, we were having a conversation about it, and he just goes, Pete Carroll really didn't like Russell Wilson because mm-hmm. he wasn't on, he wasn't completely bought into Pete Carroll's offense or uh, uh, strategies okay. of his philosophy on how to play. Okay. So that's why they were okay with letting him go because mm-hmm. he was getting older right. and his numbers were dropping mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he, they were paying him a whole ton of money. Yeah, for sure. So, boom. He, he goes, gets a whole ton more money, mm-hmm. and then is just a total dud, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of like, that's an example right there. Right. But then... Uh, what about Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> Marshawn Lynch gave gave them everything. They won, the, they won the Super Bowl because of Marshawn Lynch. He carried the team on his back. Yeah. He's the reason why they... I mean, okay, granted, yes, they had the Legion of Boom. Yes, and, and right. that is really what won championships is defense. Yeah. But when it came down to the running game, Marshawn Lynch was a beast. He had... When it came down to MVP, they gave it to uh, of the league. They gave it to what's his name, the running back, and uh, uh, Peterson. Uh, what's his name? And oh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. They gave it to him. 
Marshawn Lynch had a little less yards that year, but he actually had two more touchdowns and he had more stats that was better than him, but they gave it to the other person. Why? Mostly because of personality, because he wouldn't speak, he wouldn't talk how they wanted to. (laughs) And so that was a problem. Okay, if you look at at the Super Bowl. I don't think they considered it a problem. That is a part of the problem. They did. They did. Why do you think they wouldn't give him the ball when he was, when, when it came down to it, right? And they were like, uh, they were going to hand the ball over to Marshawn Lynch and he was going to run it in. They caught a timeout. Now, this is my theory. They caught a timeout and they did not want him to have the ball. Why? Because they do not talk. want him to be the face of the NFL because he won't talk. Yeah. They don't. He, he He's not who we want him. Theory. Hey, listen, I'm just standing on. If you just if you just made an argument a few minutes ago saying that organizations are going to make decisions on player personnel based off of how well they will the do. The NFL is an organization. Well, right. So that does not make any sense to then say I'm going to it does not make any sense for the Seahawks to have the potential to win a Super Bowl on this one play and to say, "You know what? We could potentially win the game with this one touchdown." But nope. Marshawn, he, he's not good. Don't give it to Marshawn. They still want you to score. That just don't no, give it to Marshawn. That makes no sense. That's Yes, it is, because he could have ran the ball. If you look at that well, play, right. he could have ran the ball. So I'm not saying that. No. Uh, that came down to Russell Wilson. He made a bad call. He could have he could have scored uh, another way. He did not need to throw. It was the offensive quarterback. That was horrible. And actually, I think I r- heard an interview with someone saying that they had ran that play multiple times throughout the year and that it worked. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. Why are you throwing the ball on first down? Well, I mean, I don't know. That makes no sense. I just, I will uh, sort of push back with the idea that the Seahawks chose to not win. The organization, listen to me. The organization of the NFL made a call, and they did not. It it, that played a part. I'm not saying that's the only reason. What I'm saying is that affected how who they want to be. Do you really want this guy with? With dress that won't talk how you want, that won't answer questions, that won't do certain things to be the face of the NFL, or do you want to do you want to find another way? You find another way. Ugh. Don't give him the ball. I have made they didn't problems find- with this rationale because hey. they've been. This argument has been tr- has tried to have been made for decades. Okay, but so what did they say so about talk to the players? What the did they players- say about? The players, the players said that that decision when they made that call, literally, the Legion of Boom sat down in an interview and they said what made the decision. They said when they made the decision not to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, that broke our locker room. And from there, we were different. That tore a dynasty apart. So this is, we're talking about the players and the so, behind the scenes so experience then, of the players. So then why wasn't there more pushback on Russell Wilson? So you're saying that. They they were all complicit. See, that's too. You're, no, 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 it's no, no. Too no, conspiratory. Uh, hey, I'm talking about the players. Next thing you're gonna tell me that you don't think the Earth is round. What? Yo, you and your curvatures. Why do you always take the long way around? <laughs> Next everything? thing you're gonna tell me is that we never landed a man on the moon. <laughs> Bro, what is this? Like, I'm listen. I'm going off of the players <clears throat> speaking on what happened behind the scenes in the courtroom. I'm not, or in the courtroom, on, on um, behind the scenes in, in in actual real time. I'm not just saying, oh, this is my theory that I'm coming up with. I'm saying based on what they said, this is yeah. my theory, and this is how I come to this conclusion. No, I, for multiple reasons. Well, yeah. I mean, who, the whole coaching Richard staff, Sherman, the whole super vocal about this whole process. Been, uh, has, I mean, how many was, jokes have there been about the, uh, the, the coaching staff? Richard Sherman was probably the most vocal about how the, how the locker room got broken apart 
and and it it, it been so it, why weren't been, they mad at Russell? He's the they, one who they were up. super. Listen, everybody lost faith in Russell Wilson. Yeah, because but at the end of the day, they said for another five years. Yeah, but they had to make a decision. He gave people ultimatums: choose me or them. Okay, who was sleeping with his wife? With the Sierra? wide receiver. No, before the, the reason why he got a divorce. Oh, What's the wide receiver? He Golden was Tate. Before? Go yes, he was he was married and Golden Tate was sleeping with his wife and so there was a divide there there was a division in the court in, in, in the yes okay. what this is facts he got a divorce because of this okay Golden Tate was sleeping with his wife and they made him choose it's me or him and they traded him to Detroit they Kate Russell Wilson he divorced her and then moved on and then he was going around to the players and saying you knew about this huh you knew about this right and then it became like bro get out of my like shut up hmm. you know what I'm saying so so there was many different things that people was like. Yeah, I'm not rocking with Russell Wilson. As Richard Sherman said that I don't care if they say make the call about about don't give him the ball. Give him the ball anyway. Well, right. That's what I'm because saying. the players who play with you haven't like we are the ones that matter. You're choosing to side with an organization that at the end of the day is going to throw you away when you're no longer producing what they want. But when you make a decision for your best interest on the field or off the field, they are, and, and it affects what? You go into another team or it affects however, then then what? Players, uh, not players, but fans will turn on you and they'll ride with the Seahawks. I don't know. I don't think I agree because when you're in a team and then you practice, you spend all this time working on plays, you spend all this time working on strategy mm-hmm. to then have someone on the team say, you know what? All of these, how many people are on the coaching staff? Head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. whatever, all of these. Mm-hmm. You know, to then have one rogue person say, you know what, even though all of these individuals have spent countless hours and we've gone through this however many times, I'm going to make a better decision right now and I'm going to deviate from that. You don't want that person on your team. If Let's say when when soulmates becomes an empire, mm-hmm. and there are locations, and you have to deal with district managers. Mm-hmm. If you have meetings with these people, let's say there's four district managers. You have a plan. You work on a plan. Mm-hmm. You say, "All right, your your market is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Your strengths are X, Y, and Z. We have to do this." And you go through that to each of them. But then one of these the district manager says, you know what? Nah, I'm going to do something completely different because um, I, I, I don't agree with it. Even after you have gone through this whole exercise, you don't want that person on your team. Uh, yeah, that <clears throat> you, you, you have a point there. So here's here's the thing. If I have experienced that to a degree, right, where somebody might not. It's only a problem when a person doesn't express their motives as if you don't have a problem with working with them until they get to the point where they want to move on and do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? If you have a motive where you want to do your own thing and you just kind of want to use me and hide it from me until you get to this level and then you want to go off and do your own thing without, you know what I'm saying? Like that that can be a problem. Yeah. But if you come into the game like, "Hey, this is what I want in my life and I feel like I can grow in this area. I feel like I can help you guys grow and then I can get to the point where I I, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z in life." I've dealt with many people like that and I've actually helped them to get to their point and we split ways. You know, ac- uh, was aml- amicably, amicably, yeah, amicably. Well, right. <laughs> I can't say that word, but for still, in in terms so, of sports and playing, mm-hmm. that 
person who is then going to take it on himself to do something different, especially in a game like football. In basketball, there's so many more plays. There are so many more possessions that each team have versus football. Mm. I mean, you can, you know, there's room, right? Mm. There's room for Jordan to take over a game. Mm -hmm. There's room for Kobe to go for 81. Mm -hmm. But in football, mm -hmm. when really you, you don't have that, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't have that luxury yeah. of, you know, having being guaranteed yeah. a possession every 24 seconds. Right. You just don't have that. Yeah. It's a liability to have someone with the rogue state of mind that says, you know what, I'm just going to do something complete. I'm just going to do something that's going to surprise all of the coaching staff. Right. But the organization's loyalty is is not to necessarily their players. It's to winning in production. They want the best people on their plane well, to right. do a specific and job. And who are those best people? And so now, now, but we expect the players to be loyal to the organization okay well shouldn't they be they're paying them no this is business that's the problem well, right but that you're is paying me to do a job i go out there and that's, do the job that's the that, transaction that's, yeah that's the transaction right. you're not paying me for loyalty well okay fine but okay understood but the transaction is i pay you money you go out there become and do a, job. a team player and you do what we paid you to do so it's like the it's like the movie um, uh, Moneyball mm -hmm. with uh, Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, mm -hmm. which is it's, I think it's based on a true story of the Oakland A's <clears throat> where they brought in a statistician to help them sign and draft players. Mm -hmm. And then uh, like there there's this scene where he goes, we don't need people who hit home runs. We need people who hit base hits. Mm hmm. Like so, they did a they did a, they broke down all of the statistics for the year, mm -hmm. and they're like, "What happened here? What happened here?" And it's like, we we didn't get any hits here, right, right. And then it's like, okay, we need to sign players based off of hits they can get yeah, first, batted in, and you yeah, know, yeah, doubles, yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah. It's like you don't need someone. I mean, I, I'm explaining this really poorly, but uh, that was the whole thing. It's like instead of the, so that's what they did. So they went out and got people to do the job that they needed. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, that's, I, th I think it, it's, I think it's really easy to dislike and hate and look negatively on ownership. Mm -hmm. But it's like any other business. Mm -hmm. It's your, I mean, you, we, we just talked about you going to Japan. Mm -hmm. You own your business. You identified something that your customers would want, mm -hmm. then you had to invest money to go and get it. You brought it back and you are selling it to your customers who then want that product. That's mm -hmm. the exact same mindset that these owners have. They have a product, which is football, mm -hmm. you know, base, whatever, any sport. They go out, pay for resources that will help them then sell their product to more people. It, it, the only... The only problem is, is that obviously we're talking about humans mm -hmm. and, you know, to be able to say, oh, I'm going to if someone is playing in New York and you're like, I'm going to go sign this player, that mm -hmm. player then has to uproot their life and then go wherever. Mm -hmm. So th there's that humanistic mm -hmm. uh, aspect to it, but it still comes down to it still comes down to a product, mm -hmm. selling that product and then trying to get more people to mm -hmm. see and buy your product like mm -hmm. this is a. This is a WNBA problem. Mm -hmm. It's in a way, 
this Britney Griner situation with her being in Russia is probably the best she's thing. She's still that, in Russia? No, she, she was, came back already. Yeah, yeah, but okay. that's probably the best thing that has ever happened for the WNBA. Because <laughs> you never heard. I mean, I mean, yeah, we're in Seattle. Like, yeah. Seattle, yeah. the Storm have won. Four championships. They've won four championships. In like 10 years. For sure. If we, well, three. if we, if I walk down the street, <laughs> if I walk down the street with a microphone and ask people how many championships have <laughs> yeah. the Storm yeah, run, right, right, right. I'm I will guess that ten percent aren't going to know who the Storm are, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to guess that sixty percent aren't going to know how many, and then maybe thirty percent will know mm. that it was it's four. It's so little, but it's like. But yeah, they're getting a lot of. I mean, there's a bunch of comedians that have just made fun of this thing so much. Yeah, this is true. But it is putting more eyes. I mean, just recently, I don't know where. I think it was in South Seattle. There was a female sports only bar that opened up, mm. <clears throat> and this bar only will show women female sports. And it's like okay, if you, I mean, hopefully they're successful. I don't know. Right. But it's like I won't go there. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's <clears throat> it's a really interesting thing because these um you know I'm sure you've had these conversations with with uh women and I don't want to turn this into like a, a negative thing on yeah. women, but it's kind of true. It's still true though, is the, the m- women don't support women's sports. Women don't, I mean, my wife, how many storm jerseys or shirts does she have? Right. None. But does she have Seahawks stuff? Yeah. 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 Does she have Sonic stuff? Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's like, so she'll, 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 you know, she has put money to that. Right. Um, And I won't, I won't even ask about your wife. Is your wife into sports? Um, she, she yeah she's into sports you know but does she put money on no we're not like uh, oh well mm, nah well, does not, she have not, a super not, jersey or a super no, shirt y- I mean, you got a point but most of the sports stuff that that she does wear is like stuff that i have bought for the family right you know so what it's, yeah so but it's like, not that's the thing it's like yeah it's not but it wasn't her. like a desire that she right. wanted and she then of course i have i have i stuff. do have some female friends that do like they'll they do go to storm games but it is a small percentage, super small percentage. <clears throat> and I've, you know, this is like the super funny thing. I had a conversation about this with a, a I don't even know her. I was on a, I was on a boat with the buddy, and he had, he had his friends on there that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then we were, we were talking about women's sports, and she was like, "Oh, you know, women's when women get screwed because they don't get paid." They get paid a fraction of what men get paid. And I don't know. I, I was a few drinks in and I engaged. I think if I was sober, I would not have engaged. Mm. Um, I engaged and I just said, uh, I just said, oh, so, you know, which, which, you know, sports figures do you follow? Like she didn't know any. Mm. She had, she knew none. And then I said, well, you know, do you think that's why? So I, I think she felt attacked and she goes like, oh, what have you done for female sports? And the absolute funny, ironic, hilarious thing mm-hmm. was that I was wearing a Rose Yamagunas t-shirt mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and Rose Yamagunas is my favorite female fighter in the UFC. Right. And then I kind of just looked at her and I said, I spent 45 bucks on this T-shirt. And then she just kind of looked at it and was like, what's that? And I said, it's, you know, it's Rose, Thug Rose Yamagunas. Right. And then I had to tell, you know, I had to tell her, I was like, she's a female fighter. Right. And she's a beast. She weighs, a, she looks like a little girl, but right. she's a straight killer. She's a savage. She is she, a killer. She, she killer instincts and then she, sure. she, she, then she got really bad. But it's like, but that's the point, right? It's like, right, 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 right. right it's sure. these, uh. People will complain about something and, and have nothing that they've ever done to contrib- contribute to the difference of what they are claiming that they are. Yeah, I mean, because it's about. easy to it's easy to say these uh, platitudes and it's easy to say these catchphrases mm. like uh, this one soccer um, player, the one with the purple. Oh, she's married to Sue Bird. OK. Yeah. What's her name? Yeah. I don't know what her I, name is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though. But uh she she gave this speech. She plays for the Sounders. I think she gave I think she gave like a commencement speech for 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 a college. But she said that she does the same job that male soccer players do, but she's won two gold medals and all of these championships and then she was saying I'm only I'm disrespected and I'm not paid. But I mean that's sort of, sort of the same thing. It's like I don't know who you are. It's right. like why? Right. If there are half if the, if there are let's just say that there's half in the world. There's half there's uh, are there more women than men in the world? Yes, for sure. World population there's more women than than, than <clears throat> men. Period. Yeah. It's just not important to women. And that's okay. Like that's the thing. That's the other thing. It's like it is okay that 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 women aren't as crazy about this stuff as men are i mean that's fine right like it 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 sort of makes it seem like there's something wrong with men for not being as sports crazy but it's okay that it's not it's like i'm i love f1 and i'll talk about f1 to anyone who will listen my wife is bored out of her head f1 driver isn't she no No, she's a a nascar NASCAR driver but she's come she's been a commentator for for f1 yeah yeah that's right but it's like here in the U.S., people. I mean, it's starting to grow, right. and F one is starting to grow. But if like ten of my friends, if I talked about F one, mm-hmm. they're not gonna care at all. Right. Their eyes are gonna roll back in their head. Right. And then I'm over here talking about drag and pit stops and a, you know a sub two second pit stop and an overtake and you know the, all of these things, and they're gonna be like, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Change the record. Uh, you know, ah. I'm going to talk about how, um, you know, I'm going to talk about how a night race in Shanghai, mm-hmm. in Singapore, I'm sorry, in Singapore is completely different than a day race in Brazil. Right. And then the altitude is going to affect the power output. So they have to tune the engine for the altitude. And then you have to worry about how many left turns there are in regards to how many right turns, because then that affects tire wear mm-hmm. and like <laughs> it's like That's no funny. one cares <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or even body like i started getting back into bodybuilding mm-hmm. i was super into bodybuilding um years ago i went to um four or five mr olympias in vegas mm-hmm. and i would go by myself because again my wife did not care at all about any <laughs> of these things but i would i would buy tickets right. and i would spend three days in vegas by myself because uh, when you go to the Mr. Olympia, there's also a expo mm-hmm. where 
um, they have <clears throat> um, they had amateur sports there. So they had like amateur karate tournaments and amateur boxing tournaments and mm-hmm. amateur uh, power lifting stuff. So there was plenty of stuff to do. So I got I saw a bunch of stuff. But <laughs> it's like ultimately I went there to see a bunch of, you know, 270 pound dudes, super muscular and little tiny underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I would ask my friends if they wanted to go. They're like, "Bro, you are by yourself. You are by yourself." No, they would say you're gay. But I like the that's sport. Somebody, yeah. I mean, there. I have ten DVDs yeah. of of. Uh, I have ten DVDs of profiles of bodybuilders where all the dude is doing is following them around. And I even have VHS tapes because I started following it when, like, in 99, when, uh, when well, there was no DVDs. There was VHS tapes. But it's, uh, and then, like, Ronnie Coleman is a bodybuilder who won eight Olympias in a row. Mm-hmm. And he lived in Arlington, Texas. And two years in a row, my wife, for my birthday or for Christmas, got me a workout weekend with Ronnie. Mm-hmm. So I flew to Texas mm-hmm. and I got to hang out with him for two nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what it was is there were 20 fans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, was it 20? Maybe less. There were 20 fans mm-hmm. who would fly down to Arlington. Mm-hmm. They had a van come pick us up. Mm-hmm. Then we would go to his house, mm-hmm. like his home. Mm-hmm. And his mom would cook us breakfast and lunch. And he had a little home. He has a pretty big home gym in his house. And we would work out with him in his in his home gym. And then he has a very, he goes to a very famous gym called Metroflex, mm-hmm. which is just an old school dungeon type of gym. Mm-hmm. And then we would go work out with him at Metroflex. And then he, he would take us to his favorite restaurant, which was called the Black Eyed Pea. And then he took us to Mavs games. So oh, wow. one of those, we went two years. One of them was with the Lakers. So wow. I got to see Kobe play. Nice. Uh, that I, I got to see Kobe play Amnesty that one time. Pat. That yeah. was a legendary statement. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> it, was, it was just Kobe Bryant's a beast. So he had a... Um, he had a bad game, like a game before he played uh, the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And so um, the owner of the Mavericks, uh, what's his name? Billionaire Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Mark Cuban said, you know, begin to go on a rant about Kobe Bryant, how he's old, he's not worth it, and they should amnesty his contract, which is basically oh. find a way to dump him and get rid of him without having to pay him a lot of money. That's the way out. Because yeah. Kobe's, you're paying him way too much, he's not worth it. And Kobe, you know, he's the closest thing to Jordan. He, you say something to him, he's going to get revenge on the court. So he ended up playing Mark Cuban. And, you know, everybody wants a comment from Kobe. Like, oh, Mark Cuban, this, this, this. And, he, and no comment. Didn't say nothing. Anybody asking him a question, didn't care. So he went on the court and torched him. Yeah. Torched all his boy. He grilled. <laughs> and they won. The Lakers won. And then he went on Twitter or Instagram, whatever, and said amnesty that. <laughs> Yo, Kobe was, and then yeah, that know. was like the best response in like sports for that year. You know what I mean? Like I love Kobe. You know, LeBron's not better than Kobe. 
it's kind of where I'm deviating a little bit, but I saw Jordan play twice. Mm -hmm. I saw him play once at um, Chicago Stadium, Mm -hmm. once in the United Center. Mm -hmm. And I think I've told you this story before, but the first time that I went to go see him, I was a kid Mm -hmm. and I was a paper boy. So that's how old I am. Mm -hmm. My first job was delivering the Aurora Beacon News. And uh, on week on weekdays, they would deliver to my home, mm-hmm. uh, I think, 100 papers. I think I had a 100-paper route. Mm-hmm. 100 papers, I would roll them up, put the rubber band on them, put them in my bag. And I didn't ride a bike. I walked. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, there were, I think I had, the furthest I had to walk was about 10 blocks away. Mm-hmm. But then I did the side streets. Mm-hmm. So it took me a few hours to get all hundred delivered Mm -hmm. and they had a promotion where if you signed up 12 new accounts they would give you one standing room only ticket Mm -hmm. to a bulls game Mm -hmm. and uh i was motivated Mm -hmm. i was like i want to go because my parents wouldn't have never taken me right it's like i would in illinois yeah i I mean yeah I would have never my if I had told my dad I wanted to go see the like he would have just never my parent they just my did not have that type of parent, but I knew that I wanted to go, but then I also knew that I needed to get two tickets because I would have to have someone to take me, Mm. so I busted my butt and signed on twenty four new customers Mm -hmm. in that time, so I got two tickets Mm -hmm. and then I ended up asking our. the our the church that we used to go to mm-hmm. his his son mm-hmm. the so the pastor's son mm-hmm. i think he was 21 maybe at the time mm-hmm. i was like louie i got a ticket to the bulls game do you want to go and of course he's like yeah right and then i said great and then i'm then i told my mom i was like i got these tickets louie said he'll take me and we'll, we'll be all right and then she's like okay you can go because they they trusted me with louie but i got to go see jordan play the new jersey nets uh, at the Chicago Stadium, standing room only. They don't even sell standing room right. only tickets right. and to anything anymore. Yeah, that was a and uh, Chicago Stadium is old. Mm-hmm. That's an old, old stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got to so th- so I got to see Drazen Petrovic play, and I believe that that following summer is when Drazen Petrovic died in a car accident in Yugoslavia or whatever. But if you go and look at uh, Drazen Petrovic. Vladi Divac and Tony Kukoc, mm-hmm. they were kind of all together because they were Yugoslavian and Croatian. And that was during a war, war. that yeah, they had. Yeah, yeah. And there's this whole, mm-hmm. and Vladi Divac went on to go to the, the Lakers. And I think he won a championship mm-hmm. or two with the Lakers. But, and then I got to see Jordan again play at the United Center, and I don't remember, man, that one. I don't. That's what bothers me. It's like I don't remember who he played. I don't remember who he played. But it kind of goes. What, what I want to say is like you don't know that you're experiencing these amazing things, and you don't super appreciate them at the time. Like I got to see, you know, even you know, I I got to see Jordan play. That first time was amazing because it was the first time, but then. Like, I don't have that many memories of watching Kobe play, and that really bothers me mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't. <clears throat> I did. I watched Kobe. It, it, You know, it's, 
And at the time, you hated him. You didn't necessarily, you know, everybody who was a Kobe fan, genuinely at their core, if they're if they're not from L.A., they really hate Kobe, but they love him because of, you know, it's, it's just like you know, it's like Kobe. when they beat like when like when the Chicago Bulls beat the Seattle SuperSonics, <laughs> it was like you. I loved Michael Jordan and I hated him. You know what I'm saying? Because he beat us to six games in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? And he had the Concords on his feet. Like, the greatest Jordan, oh, I miss you know those. what I'm saying, in their oh, opinion of all time. My, gonna... my opinion is the Jordan 4s. We have to do a... The Jordan 4 is the best. We have it's not we, the 11s. We need to be done in a little bit because there's the sneaker deal that we have to do. Yeah, for sure. I owe you a shoe. But, again, um, that was, like, uh, very important for, you know, Tinker Hatfield. Like, the Jordan 11 was iconic. For us, it was, like... He revealed that, you know, he came back for the um, for the first time. You know what I'm saying? He had came back and won championships, and he came back in the Jordan 11s. But when they're planning and making the shoe, he was already announcing that he was retiring again to the organization and signed a three-year deal and mm-hmm. was going to retire after that. So Nike no longer wanted anything to do with uh, – um, with the Jordan brand. Like, they didn't want to continue making Jordan, and Tinker Hatfield had to fight to mm. keep it going. So when he was going to make the Jordan 11, like, when he was in a process of Jordan 11, like, you check out the interviews, he was like, yo, this was the shoe. This was, like, it had to be the greatest one because this was pre him coming back and them knowing what he was going to do. Everybody doubted Jordan. Everybody, can he still fly? Can he do this? Can he still do that? Oh, can yeah. he still dominate? <laughs> Everybody, you know what I'm saying, was doubting, and this they're in the middle of pro- producing a shoe that's not going to come out for what? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at the time, the, the shoe's not going to come out. And so, Tinker Hatfield had to defy odds and make the Jordan 11 the most coveted Jordan of all time. You know what I'm saying? And and he did that. Like, the Jordan 11 is the most popular. It's not the best, in my opinion. The Jordan 4 is the best. But it's the most popular. That's why it comes out in holiday season. Every holiday season, you're going to get a Jordan 11. Yeah. Right? And they've been doing that for decades. So it's the most popular Jordan. But the Jordan 4s are the best. You know, see, oh, man. This conversation is making me recall so many memories. Um, So during the, let's see, I was, uh, let's see. I'm old. I was born in 78. I was born in 83, five years. So 20, I was 20 in uh, 98. Mm-hmm. So I was 20 in 98. <clears throat> and then when I was 20, how old was I? I think I was about 21. So just about 2000. Mm. I used to work in downtown Chicago. I'm mm. um, working at. Uh, they're called OTBs. They're off-track betting parlors. In, oh yeah, I remember you telling me about. Yeah, this. so I I, yeah, I sure. worked for I worked for these betting places, yeah. and I worked at the off-track betting on State Street, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on th- that particular OTB on the very top floor was kind of like an exclusive area. Mm-hmm. So there were, uh, I mean, there were mostly like local personalities. Okay. Like, uh, do you remember Siskel and Ebert? Yeah, for sure. So Siskel was, like the, was magic, the bald one. The magic. Or, they did thumbs up. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were movie yeah, critics. Yeah, they were critics. critics yeah, yeah, so that's why people say, yeah. you know, two yeah, thumbs, thumbs up, up for yeah, yeah, Siskel yeah. and Ebert. Yeah, yeah. So Gene Siskel would be there all the time. Mm. And he was a prick. He was not very nice. Um, I had like one or two conversations with them, but I was just a kid. I mean, I was just a mm-hmm. like super kid. Jordan's not nice. He's a super <clears throat> douchebag. But carry I'm, 
I never. Okay, well, hold on. But there was a local news guy. Mm. Oh, what was his name? Jesus, Mark Gian Greco, I believe, was his name. And if you go to YouTube and then look for Walter Payton retire, like Walter Payton news conference, Mark Gian Greco, when Walter Payton announced that he was stepping, like retire, like retiring or something, Mark Gian Greco said, "What's wrong? Are you sick?" And he was, and then he and then he died. So he kind of got a bad rap for being. For just making an off, you know, just making. I mean, a, a lot of people made joke. fun fun of the Black Panther, <clears throat> and he was actually sick with cancer. And yeah, people was clowning him for being skinny, and he mm. died like six months later. Yeah, so this was something along. Well, anyway, so this Mark, this news local newscaster would go to this OTB a lot too, and he would talk to me, mm-hmm. and then he would say like, "Yeah, I just had, I, you know, he was like, I just came back from at the Birdo Center is where the Bulls practiced. It's like, yeah, I just got back from the Birdo Center. Just had a great conversation with Michael." And I'm a kid, and I think he sees of how enthralled I am by him telling me I just came back from speaking with Michael, Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. and like why, like wide eyed. And I think he would. Just, I mean, these weren't long conversations. He would just, you know, give me little tidbits because I think he would see of how excited that I would get. Mm-hmm. And man, I there's there was like a few of those. Um, yeah, that was super fun. That was super fun, but it's it just goes back to like you don't, you don't, you don't. I didn't fully, fully appreciate it. Luckily, Jordan's alive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm a autograph hound. I love autographs, but my rule is that I can only get an autograph if I get it in person. Mm-hmm. So I won't buy one. Nice, nice, nice. Um, That's dope. I won't buy one. So it's like I, of course, my the my grails. For autographs are I want Andre the, Ward. Oh no, the ones that you possess. Well, the no, ones? the ones that I want. Right. Okay. Is uh, I want a Jordan autograph, mm-hmm. of course, but who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want a Tiger autograph. Okay. And I want a Lance Armstrong mm-hmm. nice. autograph. That's which, a peculiar set of people. I think that if I go to Austin, mm-hmm. I could pr- probably run into Lance. him somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's. He's, uh, I mean, he's just a regular guy now. Everyone thinks, you know, he got demonized just because he got, he finally confessed to doping, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, we already knew. It, and it, that was a time in Well, they like, were all doping sports. was a thing. Yeah, for <clears> sure. <throat> there was all doping. And that was a time in sports where doping was like, that was like, if everybody becomes a superhero, nobody is. So that's yeah. kind of what it was. Pretty you know much, and that was the new average. Yeah. So in and sport, think about baseball. So, think about how many people were doping in baseball, bro. <laughs> know, like, that was like the dope era. I'm Look with, how fluffy these guys' heads are right now. I'm with what's uh, his name? Uh, uh, the black guy that does like the, 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 uh, the testosterone or sex pills or whatever it is. The black guy, uh, uh, Frank Thomas. Yo, like no, he's not. It's not Frank. Is that yeah, Frank Thomas? Well, oh, yeah, it he, is. He yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't. He's these like stamina. Type or, or like energy type, you know, give yeah. you more stamina in the gym. Now, and the ladies, Tom, I love it too. Frank, he was a White Sox. He was a White he Sox was. Player. His head's He's bigger. always had. A I don't big care what you're head. talking about. His head's bigger, fam. No, you're. I mean, Joe Rogan. His body grew into his head, and then his head outgrew his body. <laughs> you. So that's uh. That's an. Look at look at look at look of, at Sammy Sosa. 
His head got bigger. He's not. And Sammy his skin Sosa. got whiter. His his name is Sammy, Sammy Susan Williford. <laughs> Sammy Susan. <laughs> no, his name is Sammy Baker's Baker Smith. Yeah, yeah. He is now the whitest of white men. Yo, I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I just said the word Williford. I don't even, right. I don't even know what that is. His name is Sammy Susan B. Anthony. Like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. All right. Sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was like a rant. This this wasn't even <clears throat> a, really a podcast. You know, this was like me sitting here and listening to you reminisce while you drink. <laughs> I no. made a couple comments here and there. What but are you talking about? If we talked for an hour, you talked for 45 minutes. You spoke, like you 50 spoke minutes. for the first 30 minutes. Nah. And then I, I look, I'm looking we at did, the waveforms. We, we, we did debate. Look, this is all you. And then this and, is and me right we're, here. We're talking. We're both talking. So I dominated maybe 10 the minutes. The entire thing. 10 minutes of it. That's okay. It's my show. <laughs> right, I was I was waiting for the infamous Carlos. This is you get your show. You can talk as much as you want. <laughs> yeah, there he goes. There he goes. Apo- Carlos apologizes for nothing. I will except never unless unless he offers your daughter, your twelve year old daughter, alcohol. Then did I apologize? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, it, it was in your best interest to apologize for trying to get my twelve year old daughter drunk. That's so funny. My I told a buddy of mine that. I will never apologize well, for you did. anything. Multiple times. You apologized twice for that. <clears throat> I was furious. You weren't furious. Yes, I was. I you wasn't didn't going to do it. Uh, bruh. I was not going to do it. Bruh. Um, when, when it does come time for me to apologize, which just won't happen. You already did it. <clears throat> twice. I do the, the Conor McGregor apology What's that? which is so funny like he had so i forget who it must have been aldo but the pre-fight stuff he was just going off he goes going off, off. Yeah, he goes off he knows how to promote and sure. then uh after the fight he won and then he goes yo he goes uh i just want to take this time you know and then he said something like this was a you know i said some stuff pre-fight and i just want to take this time to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> it's like the, the chap can say whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. But no, I have a friend who I've told that I will never apologize for anything that I do. And then he sent me this. Actually, he sent me this yesterday. And then he goes, You need something like this. <laughs> To uh, to send to people for my non apologies, but I it's apologies are stupid because I, w- I won't mean them. Mm. I'm sorry, but I probably didn't mean it because I wasn't gonna do it. <clears throat> I mean, that's honesty. You I said guess. this. You said you apologized when you were drunk, and then when you were sober the next day at the shop, you apologized. You did well, right? But I st- probably still didn't mean it. Hey, whatever, whatever you say. But I wasn't gonna do it, so it, mm. it's a non issue. Mm. But I get it. Yes. For a person who doesn't drink, offering that person's child a margarita is pretty disrespectful. What if I had, maybe I was going to make a virgin margarita. You don't know. You can't judge me. You offered me virgin margarita juice, and you offered her a margarita. It's the same. I would have done that. I would have made the exact same thing. Sure. All right. We're done. Yeah. Give give, uh, a, a pitch to have people come to the store. 
Well, you are more than welcome to stop by the shop. Come check us out. Check out check out the personalities. It's Carlos and I. Um, we are both there. We are you know eager to meet the sneaker community. I think the sneaker community, um, people that are sneaker enthusiasts, have really lost the um, the experience, the culture, because it's been more um, they've turned digital, right? So it's easier to buy online. You're not really experiencing campouts. You're not really experiencing the people who buy the shoes. Back in the day, for me, what made a shoe is like knowing who you were dating at the time, knowing who was in line, man, who you got in a fight with, what album did you listen to when you bought your first car, you wore these shoes. Calvin Campbell. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> Every black person sounds alike. This guy thought Jodeci. He thought so for real. And he thought... Uh, who who was it? Rude. Yo, he thought all these guys were Tevin. Is that Tevin Campbell? No, bro. Rude. Because <laughs> so, you say the exact same thing about my music when I play it. Yes. That's right. <laughs> but I'm correct though. They're not all the same, bro. The baseline for ninety percent of all the music you listen to. <clears throat> okay. Is. I like it. I'm, but am I? It comes from Africa. Am, yo, this guy. I it swear. does. I, hey, listen. I need to send this. I need to send this video to you. It's a. Uh, it's, it's it's a salsa icon, who on stage dissects where salsa comes from. You can't use black people in the African culture when it benefits you, and then do away with it when it doesn't. No, I'm being honest. All right. I'm. I'm. This is. You have. This you thing. do this too. <laughs> He was gonna. He's gonna. Hold on. Wait. What did, did the pot just call the kettle black? Hello. Well, there's only one of us here who's dark. Right. Yeah. For sure. Look. Four yeah. K. Four K. I got a question. Why are your teeth so white? Um. Cocaine. The- <laughs> you bleach your teeth in white cocaine. whiskey. No, clearly that's not it. You drink no, a lot of wine. It's uh the uh, You gargle with bleach, stop. The lying. Sonic, the Sonic toothbrush. Yeah, that toothbrush sucks. I use it too. You know what? I think people brushed their teeth wrong. Yeah, you've been saying that for a long time, and I just I think you have an enamel grill. You know how people go buy a no. German crusted grill? You have like this coat you have like this grill that you pop in. So my dad, my dad wouldn't brush his teeth. Mm-hmm. My dad would chew on the bristles. Mm-hmm. And then he would chew on them and then get them down and then like, Urgh. it's okay. You can't you brush your teeth that way. You know, it's all right. Like there's a science to brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. And you uh, got it, man. Shout out to Renton Modern Dentistry because they. Uh, I knew it. <clears throat> no, they told me that Shameless what I was doing plug. was right. Where uh, I bet you have to barely the bristles. Mm-hmm. You have to barely touch your teeth. Mm-hmm. You can't go like this and then brush your teeth you have to just lightly do it because it's like sandpaper mm. if you have sandpaper and then you press really 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 hard okay it might work for the first few seconds mm. but then it's just going to get bogged that it's just going to get bogged down mm. but if you hold it lightly and then you sand mm. you can do a whole lot more work well anyway why are you talking about this? <laughs> I wanted to throw a curveball in a conversation. Like well, you did, and you extended this show it's, it's by your, another five minutes. It's your podcast. Who cares? <laughs> it's my podcast. Um, no, go to the shop. If you like sneakers, 
I mean, that's... It, 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 or you could come if you like Carlos. It's white teeth. It doesn't really matter. Just <laughs> no, stop by. A, come in. I am not a drawing anyone in there. Right. <clears throat> well, for my face. I'm the old man. Right. They call me sir. Young kids go in there and they call me sir. That's offensive to some people. Yeah. I mean, well, I only have a white beard. What is a sir? And... Uh, <laughs> your I'm beard's not as white as your teeth. Though, I'm okay. So it's all right. But uh, yeah, I have a white beard and mostly white... Um, you know, your your hair is getting there. No, it's actually disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's still there, there's a few white hairs in there. Yeah, and it's more skin than <laughs> my forehead is growing. It's, it's enlarging. It's time for some... Uh, the Lord has enlarged my territory. Just get hair plugs. Just do it. The good Lord you'll be has gone enlarged for a week, my territory. But you'll come back and... With veneers. Right. Yeah. You should do it. All right, we're done. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, this is show 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, show 100. Show 100 was supposed to be me and my boy Kelly, who is a screenwriter, author, podcaster, lover of H.P. Lovecraft, but hater of one of my favorite movies, which is Blood In, Blood Out. <laughs> so you're making him suffer. I that was the original idea was because he he said I lo- I loaned him this this DVD a year ago and I said watch this movie because and he he said he saw half an hour of it and it was just whole so horrible he had to not that movie watch doesn't it. get better till the end though or it, I mean well like the whole thing is it. fantastic yeah. I love the whole movie the whole so movie right. is brilliant. Yeah. So that was top the ten movies go of all time. Yeah, for you. I well, I had of all time five off the top of the head. No researching. No, I wrote this down the other day. Um, no, five top ten movies. Well, Godfather. I knew you were gonna say Godfather. Which one? One or two? Because three's trash. Um, Three's trash. It's not even a Godfather. It's one. not even a cut. It's not even an in-law. No, he recut it. It's trash. No, the recut? Bro. It was all right. Godfather <clears> 3 <throat> is not even an in-law. <laughs> no, but It's not he, even a father-in-law. He Forget recut, Godfather. He recut it. Okay, whatever. Did you see the new one? Nope. Keep going. So Godfather, Goodfellas. What Godfather? One. One. So one's better than two. No, I just would watch one. Okay. Blood in, blood out. I don't have a, a Rocky, John Wick. Wow. Halloween, is... Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, horror movies, I expect that from you. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Wow, Quentin Tarantino. Shout out to Quentin. You've got two of them up there. There's yeah. A couple that have yeah, that's a tough one. I need to be prepared. I did make a list a little bit ago of perfect movies. Of movies that I believe are couldn't have perfect. been edited no better. Got you. Um, and those are here. I, I know what they are. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Back to the Future, Princess Bride. Oh, I don't remember what they are. Hmm. Well, wow, super whack. I had them written down. Well, anyway, no, we're done. We got to go. We got a sneaker deal to do. All right. All right. So subscribe to us on your. No. So instead of my boy Kelly, because he's being 
Super whack. The big doucher. The biggest. He's dead to me. Instead, <laughs> yeah. instead of him, um, I'm, I'm trying to get my boy uh, Extreme Jose, who is a... Oh, the boxer. No. Who is a producer, who is... Uh, he oh, works for yeah, Evening yeah, Magazine. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. How's he doing? <clears throat> He's doing good. Yeah. He's doing good. So I'm going to try to get him to come and then do this three-hour marathon watching movie and... It's just, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to eat. Getting three hours of his time. Yeah, that's going to be an accomplishment of its own. It'll be, we'll, we'll do it. I'll, I'll entice him. Um, so that, that's the. What are you going to buy him that's with? That's the go. You're going to give him the secret to white veneers? Yeah. What, what, what you going to do? Man, he's so interesting. Like he yeah, worked he for is. MTV he Latin is. He's America. Very he's very cool. But getting his time. In, he's, in, you know what? Like, he's way know. more interesting than my boy Kelly. He's way more interesting than we are. I mean, Kelly's just a old white dude. Wow. Who's that? Good disrespect as well. Shout out to Kelly. <laughs> All right, we're done. All right, thank you, everyone. Adios. Bye.